This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour podcast. With host Ralph Malvro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of saintsnation.com, Kevin Held of the team drops the ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. No, definitely. <laughs> no, 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 no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. They'd get him. I don't even have a joke, Dave. Now, here's your host, Ralph Malbro. All right. Welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by you, the fans. Listen, you can get access to all our special patron-only podcasts for a dollar. We have lots of cool other stuff. If you, do, if you can donate more, because we love you. If you, do, if you donate at least $3.28, you get a cool magnet. You can get a T-shirt. You can host your own drunk history. There's all kinds of cool perks you can get depending on how you can donate. But it only costs you a dollar, and you get all the free stuff. Me and Andrew did a pre- and post-game show. Uh, so go to the site. It's awesome. There's many ways to donate. Uh, so do it now. Um, the Saints lost a preseason game to the Arizona Cardinals, Dave. And I feel like my – and Andrew told me this today, and it's the title of this podcast – our Taysom Hill dreams are dead. Yeah, that was whew, that was pretty bad, huh? Pretty, pretty, pretty bad. I mean, Dave, it could, the only yeah. way it couldn't have been worse is if they carted him off the field or he lost a, a leg or something. I mean, if they carted him off the field, then he might not have committed so many turnovers. He wouldn't have had time to do that. That's mean. That's mean. <laughs> I mean, I feel like... Uh gruesome injury would have had a, a lower rating you know if you if you were to rate this game like x or r or pg-13 you know i think it, it torn his I mean, acl the rating it was a would snuff have been film as far as like quarterback <laughs> careers go like <laughs> i mean you know it's it kind of what i was getting at yeah <laughs> i mean i mean <laughs> Granted, it's a preseason game, so it doesn't count. So it's hard to it's hard to judge it on equal terms. But as far as just sheer horrible quarterbacking, can you think of a Saints game that's been this terrible? I mean, you know, you guys remember how much ire Aaron Brooks drew, and some of the ridiculous, mind-numbing mistakes that he made. And this was like Aaron Brooks on steroids. Being the backwards pass, he he fumbled a lot of snaps too, if I recall right. I mean, oh yeah, oh yeah, he he liked to put the ball on the turf. I mean, 
Breeze had the five interception game against Atlanta on a random Thursday night. That's probably like the worst quarterback Saints game in the last decade or so. But I mean, this is this was like Billy this Joe. Was Tuck. James, this was Billy this, Joe This was this, this was this was Jamie Howard against UAB. It was. <laughs> it was. It really was. <sighs> For all I you mean, old school LSU fans out there. I mean, the, the Jamie Howard thing, they were winning by like three touchdowns, and he single-handedly gave the game to Auburn, which was a special oh, Was skill. it but Auburn? Dave, you, yeah. Dave, you did not attend this game, correct? Nope. I sold my tickets. Someone actually paid. Tickets. Yep. I sold both. Somebody actually paid for the fourth game. Oh, God. Uh, I mean, Andrew, granted, now that, you know, I was selling them for pretty cheap. Andrew, yeah, how much you did you some... get for the fourth game, Dave? Um... Uh, I, I do it through the Seat Geek thing through the Saints, and you got a happy po boy and a Canes gift card. No, they, I mean, they they like suggest the price, and and they suggest it based on the opponent and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I think for the fourth game, I think it was like maybe like fifty nine bucks a seat. Maybe. That's a lot. No, I mean, no, I mean for the fourth preseason game, I mean, you yeah, should I mean, take it and a, run. That's that's basically oh, yeah. not even a scrimmage because. At least a scrimmage, you would see Drew Brees in the red jersey. I, th- I think know? it's still less than I think it's still less than half the ticket value, though. I, I think one sneaky thing about the fourth preseason game this year is that in years past, you already had to, like a round or two of cuts, so you were kind of forced to play some guys that you didn't really want to play. Whereas this year, they're still going to have the ninety-man roster. So basically anyone on the 53-man roster isn't going to be played because Sean Payne's like, nah, I'll just play all the guys that I know aren't going to make the Oh, teams. completely, completely. So it's gonna, I, I believe the fourth game will be even worse than usual this year. I mean, <laughs> here's the thing, though. Like, look, my, my mom had a great line about, Drew, about uh, the Saints' backup quarterback situation a while ago. She said, the Saints without Drew Brees is like New Orleans without pumps during hurricane season. It's not a question of of if it will be bad. It's just a question of how bad, um, <laughs> which is actually true. But here's the thing that me and Andrew were kicking around on the, the mini postgame show, Dave, and I want your thought on it. How bad does backup quarterback have to be for the Saints to say no to Savage and Taysom Hill and go outside and bring somebody in? Um, worse than this. I mean, <laughs> worse than I mean, I think Savage is fine. Hold, hold on, hold on. As, as far as Taysom Hill's concerned, that's not possible. Well, I mean, he's not he's not going to be your backup. I mean, I think we've learned that after uh, after this weekend. Uh, you know, Tom, Tom Savage is obviously your guy, and heck, maybe uh, the, uh, the guy Barrett. He might even be uh, your third stringer. But uh, you know, I, I think Tom Savage is okay. I, I don't think that they were gonna they're gonna panic enough that they need to bring somebody else in. Could they figure? Could they look? We all know they're fucked if Breeze is gone for an extended period of time, Andrew. But if they needed to play Tom Savage one week, like they did Luke McCown in twenty, what was it sixteen, right or twenty fifteen? Yeah, yep, sixteen. Could Tom Savage give you what Luke McCown gave you versus Carolina? Probably not, but. 
Um, I mean, could he go a whole game without turning the football Fucking over? Up. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say it's impossible. I mean, McCown did throw the game losing interception you know, <laughs> in that game. So, I mean, as well as he played, you know, it's uh, he saved his worst for last. Well, no, but, but um, I mean, he gave, he, gave, he gave the Saints a chance to win is what I'm saying. Well, I mean, Marcus Murphy ran a punt back. You know, the defense oh, yeah. played well. So, I mean, there there were some – but, no, I mean, not to take anything away from McCown. I mean, he went up against a very good defense. And, I mean, it took a, a ridiculous play by Josh Norman who – who at the time was one of the best cover corners in the league. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Um, to, to win that game for Carolina. So, you know, full credit to McCowney, he played great. I don't know if Savage can deliver it on that level, um, to be honest with you. I, I think the answer to your question is no, but... Can he come in and at least give the Saints a punching puncher's chance at a win? I think so. I mean, it depends on the opponent, of course. You know, I don't think he's coming in and lighting the Minnesota Vikings on fire. Um, but uh, you know, they play the Bucks or the Browns or you know some mediocre team that maybe is missing some guys. Sure, he can come in and win a game. Uh, Dave, I don't know. If, do you hear that, Dave? That is the hype train. And I feel like I just we have crashed. a late arrival that is closing fast and might steal the training camp superstar belt for 2018. I'm talking about Trey Hendrickson. We talked about all these other dudes, Traquan Smith and Onyemata and, you know, Davenport because he was high pick and all these other dudes. Hendrickson might steal it. Okay. Agree with that? <laughs> um, no, I don't think anything's going to take it away from Traquan Smith. But I do agree with you that he's having a great camp, uh, that he's playing well in games. It's great to see that, um, especially since Marcus Davenport still hasn't even been playing. So I, I don't know if he'll be the star for the whole year of camp, but he's it's certainly... Uh, Certainly been great to have have him play the way he's been playing. 
Andrew, do you do you also mock my Trey Hendrickson being the uh, camp superstar of 2018? Not at all. Um, I mean, I think if you listen to boots on the ground, if you listen to reporters who actually cover the team and attend the practices, that Marcus Williams maybe is this is the guy that's stood out and been the MVP of camp. Um, but uh, you know, as far as the eye test and you know these these two uh, preseason games camp for Jordan us, Jordan was gushing um, about him today. Yeah, he was. Um, but no, I, I think Hendrickson looks great. And, you know, Traquan's probably the guy on offense that stood out to me the most. So I definitely agree with Dave. But uh, on defense, Hendrickson, uh, I'll tell you what, man, Okafor and Davenport have both been out. They've both been injured. And I'm not that worried about defensive end because if they have to start Hendrickson for a couple games while those guys are getting healthy, I feel pretty good about him playing and playing pretty well. I mean, that's not crazy now, but Andrew, if you'd have said that in May, it would have been insane. <laughs> um, but here's a, here's a thing that you said uh, that I thought was kind of insane, but other media people were saying it uh, today and yesterday, so I feel like you need to get credit first. You said after Friday, Traquan Smith is the Saints' second best receiver. Uh, please elaborate on that. Well, I, I mean, obviously, Cam Meredith, it's too soon to say anything about him. But at the same time, you know, we know he's missed practice. We know he's recovering from a horrific injury. Uh, the only game evidence we have to look at is, yeah, a pass that he should have caught that went right through his hands and ended up being a costly interception. So, you know, I don't know that that's a guy you can really trust right now in a game situation until he shows a little bit more. And, uh, you know, Sean Payton put Ted Ginn on blast for running a couple poor routes that led to some undesirable plays by Taysom Hill. But, you know, Ginn is what he is. I mean, I'm not ready to throw him under the bus or say he's going to be worse. I mean, Ginn, you know, he has a propensity to drop the ball, although that didn't really happen last year. And he, you know, he's a field stretcher, but he's a little unpolished as a receiver. And so... I mean, you look at what Traquan has done in camp and what he's done in these games, and to me, he looks like Mike Thomas' rookie year. And we're not seeing that from Cam, Cam Meredith or Ted Ginn. So if you were to ask me right now, like, who's the most likely to have a ridiculous season besides Mike Thomas at receiver, I'm putting Traquan way ahead of the other two. Yeah, I mean, I, I, put his, I said he'd be as good as Kenny Stills. 2013 I think he might be better but Dave we talk about the Saints awesome draft and look the 2017 draft is clearly it's a unicorn draft and the unicorn the horn is like spitting out money and rainbows but here's the thing the Saints haven't like whiffed on a draft pick in a really long time and when I say whiff I mean like they just cut the dude before they before they cut him he's a rookie before the season even starts and he doesn't make the roster or whatever Rick Leonard he got put on blast in in I think it was nola.com they did a they did a feature on him and clap and they were like clap is awesome rick leonard needs to start working harder he doesn't get the work ethic of the offensive line room which i was like oh shit that's a bad quote for a rookie dave do you think rick leonard who everybody bagged on when the saints picked him do you think he's in danger of not making the 53 i mean 
I haven't been, you know, carefully studying all the offensive line. Dave, like, I don't uh, want to hear that. I want I want a hot, <laughs> smoldering take on the Saints' offensive line. I don't want to hear takes about I don't watch film, I don't watch game, I don't know offensive line. People don't listen to this podcast for that. They go other places for that. They go. They come here for hot takes, bad audio, and jokes. All right, fine. Here, my hot take is uh, <laughs> just making shit up. Rick Leonard is, uh, you know, he was on the bubble, but forget it now. He's he's off. He's he's on the outside of the bubble looking in now. That's, that's what they pay. That's what they pay for. <laughs> Andrew, uh, um, I still need to see a little bit more. I mean, I, I definitely think we're going to see a lot of him in the fourth preseason game. Like he's the guy where he's on the bubble and. Think about draft picks is, yeah. I mean, they will cut a guy, but they'll cut a bitch. But but teams also <laughs> teams also don't like being wrong. You know, I, I think if it's a guy with potential yeah, and like the measurable is like a blanket. Yeah, they, they don't mind like waiting a year or two. I mean, Stanley Jean Baptiste, you know, for example, like they easily could have cut immediately. Still checks, Stanley Jean Baptiste yeah. is. Yeah. So. I don't know. I, I, I think he gets at least a year. If he's really awful, maybe they try to sneak him on the practice squad. Um, but um, I just – I would be surprised if the Saints, like, just straight up give up on his development. But, I mean, right now, typically the Saints keep two or three reserve offensive linemen. And you just got to think logically. Like, you know they love Cameron Tom, Right. You know German Bushrod is in the mix. You know Laribius, who was on the team last year, is, on, is in the mix. And we know Will Claps doing really well. So that's four reserve linemen. Like, I, I, I mean, I would even say Michael Ola is ahead of Rick Leonard in the pecking order. So, And, yeah, and the then you've got Landon, Landon Turner. Like they like him too. They like Landon Turner too. So, man, like I just named like five reserve linemen. And, and I'm not sure that Leonard beats out any of those guys. Could they, so, could they, could they I mean, cut I think him and get him on the practice squad, Andrew? I think so because, number one, he hasn't done anything on tape to remotely suggest that someone should poach him. Um, now, he is a fourth-round pick. So, but he wasn't you know, like – people were like, what the fuck are you doing picking him in the fourth round? Like he wasn't yeah. rated as a fourth-round guy. The only thing that makes me nervous is that he's six seven, and teams are so desperate for tackles. Um, no doubt, Dave. Running back, do you feel good about where they are since your boyfriend's going to be out for four weeks? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, we—they had Terrence West, they had Shane Vereen, they had Jonathan Williams, they had Boston Scott. You know, they needed. We needed one of those guys to emerge uh, um, <clears throat> as a guy who can take over for Mark Ingram for the first four games. And I think it's completely obvious that Jonathan Williams is that guy. I don't see how you could put Vereen or West uh, or even Boston Scott. I mean, maybe because of his special teams, maybe, but I don't see how you could put any of those other guys ahead of Jonathan Williams. Andrew, and I, this is I, – I feel like this I'm turning is interesting. I'm actually, I'm actually reading an article right now. I just want to point out one thing. Uh, pro football focus, for what it's worth – I mean, we all know what that's worth. But um, among rookie linemen, to see 30 or more snaps so far, he ranks highest on pro football focus for pass protection 
and second best for run blocking. So at least according that? to uh, uh, Rick Leonard. Wow. So at least at least according to PFF, he is looking real strong. He's killing it. I mean, the thing is that yeah. that quote Andrew about the work ethic, man. I was just like, wow. That's like a and that's coming from his, red and that's light. coming from his coaches. Yeah, right? I mean, Wasn't a quote from a coach? Yeah, it was. It was. It was from the, the offensive line coach. Yeah. So I mean, if he's saying like, yeah, like you know, he's okay, but he's just not coming to work, not putting in the time, doesn't have good habits. Man, that's. I mean, it, it's hard to make it in the NFL when you have talent, and and, and you're working really hard. You know, so I don't know. I don't think anyone's ever made it in the NFL by not trying. Yeah, I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting. I think that like the thing is like they're gonna the Saints roster is. I don't say that it's like this greatest roster of all time or anything, but they're gonna cut a bunch of NFL ready dudes. Like I don't think the Saints are gonna do their normal thing, Dave, where like cut down day they cut a bunch of dudes and they claim a bunch of dudes and the bottom of the roster kind of like churns i mean it will eventually because of injuries but i don't think we're gonna have the thing where they've done the last two or three years where like they cut a bunch of dudes and they bring in offensive linemen or they bring in this guy like i think they're gonna cut dudes i don't think they're gonna it's not gonna be that much churn because they have so many decent players that they just have to get rid of <clears throat> yeah. What, what's with you t- tonight? You, you, you keep you, you keep asking me questions without actually asking a question. I know. You just you just, you just say shit and then you just <laughs> well, and then it's my, silence. My my question, well, I guess. Dave, is this, Dave, have you lost your ability to elaborate? <laughs> Extrapolate. You, Dave, I guess my question <laughs> to you, Dave, is who's a guy with this roster the way the Saints is that you're looking at and you're like. I think that guy might not make the roster, and it'll it won't be like a guy that we're like, oh, we don't care. It'll be like a Kikaha or a PJ, you know, or a Bushrod, right? Like a dude, like dudes that were like, wow, they cut that dude. That's that's surprising. I don't think it'll be Bushrod, but it, it could definitely be Kikaha. That's actually a pretty good example. Uh, it could be, well, I guess Boston Scott they'd probably put on the practice squad, but you got to cut him first, huh? Yeah, yeah he's got and he and he's got a great waiver. Yeah, I mean, I could see them cutting somebody like Boston Scott. See, the well, they thing pro- is- I mean, if they're keeping, obviously, Kamara staying, but Ingram's going to be suspended. So, I mean, they've got to keep at least two running backs. I mean, right now, I w- would say Jonathan Williams and. Oh yeah, well, so does In- Ingram. Ingram doesn't count toward the. No, he doesn't. The but that's what I'm saying. So, if if yeah, I had to right. guess okay, right so now, I would say suspect. Williams and Scott. Yeah. Okay, you're right. Here's the thing. I feel like, and, and Andrew, you can just. Just put me on blast if I turn it, if if this is totally Saints message board guide. But I look around the NFL and I see Adrian Peterson going on the tour to like the mm-hmm. Redskins and other teams, and and we know Adrian Peterson is fucking washed. If teams are looking at him, I feel like if the Saints cut Boston Scott, he'll be claimed. Like, I agree. I, I just I can't, you know. And he look, he's looked good two games in a row. So you know he he's putting good tape out there. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. Um, but we'll see. I, I don't think they can really afford to cut him. Um, you know, Trey Edmonds is another guy as little as he's playing, he's on their opening kickoff units and Brandon Tate's had several good returns now. 
And that's been with Edmonds as the lead up back. And uh, he actually threw a, an incredible block on the opening return this week against the Cardinals. So, you know, when I see a guy that's on the opening kickoff unit, that's a core special teams guy. And yeah, remember, West, that's, that's how he pound the table for him. Yeah, and that's that's a guy that made the team last year doing that stuff. So, you know, that's the thing. Edmonds has value that a guy like Terrence West doesn't really give you. So, uh, you know, I don't think you can rule him making the team either. You can't rule him out either. Do you think when, when, when they cut special teams players, Dave, do you think Mike Westhoff, do you think not only does he pound the table with his fist, but he pounds the table with his cane that he has to walk around with? I mean, I think he swings his cane like a baseball bat. And takes out I think he, <laughs> like Robert I think De Niro he points that thing. He, po- he points that thing at Sean Payton. <laughs> I, I, do, do, I think, or do, does he like? Does he just he points it, or does he like? It has like a like a like a like a like a to, like a top that's like a, a Saints helmet and it's diamond encrusted, and he like taps his fingers on it, like he might just like it's... beat the shit out of you. I think See, it's I, like, I feel uh, like that would the, that would be the way to get the special teams that he desires. All the I guys he like, wants would make the team. Um, I think it's like the penguin, where like he's got all different kinds of tools that can just come out of the top of that thing. Do you guys? Do you guys think Hill is safe, regardless of how bad he plays quarterback because of the special teams prowess? Uh, right now, he I mean, is. Let, let's they... be awesome. Let's be. I mean, he was pretty awesome on special teams last year. Yeah, I think he's I think he's safe right now, but if if they have an I think I think one critical injury somewhere where the Saints have to do something bumps him off. Like I think his roster spot right now it's fine, but it's yeah. very very tenuous and it could change. Well, he's going to get a chance if to any play a little happens, bit more. He's the first guy to go. Well, he'll be sense. he'll be able to play some quarterback again. I mean, his stock couldn't be any lower right now. So, um, you know, if he can rebound and at least look okay, I think, you know, I, it, the backup job is. I agree with Dave. Sav, it's savages to lose. I mean, he's got it, and I mean, it's going to take a colossal failure by Savage at this point to blow it. And I don't think the Saints are going to trade for someone or add someone because you got to remember, like Savage, he knows the playbook. He's been through all of camp. He he knows the plays, and like I just don't see the Saints acquiring some guy. Yeah, and the reps are but, gone. Like after, like yeah. once the season starts, like if you're in the back of quarterback, you don't get reps. Drew Brees takes all the reps. Yep, yep. So you know the only thing I could see is maybe like if they don't love Savage. They could acquire a quarterback and keep three, Savage and a third guy, until they can get the third guy up to speed, which could take eight weeks, you know, and, and then maybe they cut Savage if they're unhappy with them and the other guy's moving along. But, like, I just don't think there's any way that, unless it was, like, Luke McCown coming out of retirement or Chase Daniel becoming available, I mean, unless it was a guy that already knew the system that they were comfortable with, I just I don't see how there's any way – it's anyone but Savage being the backup this year. I mean, we, we need to be. Cutting, we need the to Bears accept cutting Chase Daniel after guaranteeing guaranteeing him like four and a half million dollars would be the most Ryan Pace of all the Ryan Pace moves. I'm here for it. <laughs> um. So. Um. I mean. Can we talk so about far, that offensive line? 
I give Dave, I give this preseason uh, an A plus because of uh, the Saints haven't had any major injuries. But secretly, do you take joy and Schadenfreude in seeing? Other teams have injuries during the preseason. I know that's terrible, and you're not supposed to do it, but do you secretly kind of do it? I totally do. I totally do. It's the best thing ever. Expound, Dave. Like, do you have oh, like, do, you, do you want injuries in the NFC South more? Or do you have other teams that you? I do. Yeah. No. I, I was. I was about to say like earlier, earlier in the preseason when the Panthers had a couple of in- injuries like back to back. You know, I was. I was. I was giggling a little bit. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, obviously, I'm. I'm being sarcastic, and I. I, I don't wish any harm or. or anything terrible on any player but obviously from a strategic standpoint it it's it's makes the saints road to the super bowl that much easier if other teams are missing their better players yeah see my thing is i'm i'm with you dave like i can't stand hot takes guy that's like or not not hot takes i want to i want to i want to play the best team yeah just like oh well we should I want their we best. should want to beat them at their best you know yeah. cuz that's like true legit sportsmanship and i'm just like well first of all like that's pie in the sky that's not realistic like this is football injuries happen it's not if it's when and it's a given so if we're going to accept that this is football guys are going to get hurt i'm going to vote that it be a majority of atlanta falcons guys and when when those reports come out on twitter and they say 20 acl so far and i'm reading down the list and it's not Saints players, I'm like, yes, fuck yes, not a Saints player, you know. So yeah, here, I mean, obviously, here's the thing. Last these guys year, are Aaron people. Rogers I feel bad for them. You know, last year, right? Aaron Rodgers got hurt. We weren't rooting for Aaron Rodgers to get hurt. No, but if he was going to get hurt, it happened the week before they played the Saints. Me and Andrew texted each other. Andrew, I believe you texted me, Green Bay, it's a win. <laughs> yeah, you know, and then they like, almost lost. Like it, and, and, and if that they makes us bad really people, that makes us bad game. people. But at least we're honest. Yeah, who was the quarterback that replaced him? I don't even remember his name. He was. They said it. Remember, I, I remember they said that he was good. Oh, Brett Hudley, and and, and people yes. were like, oh, he's going to be good. He's going to he's going to be fine. It's it's going to be okay. Green Bay, they're going to fall off, but but he's going to be manageable. They'll still be competitive. And not that first week with the Saints. I mean, he was the state. They they had like the eighty yard run to start the game, but after that, he was fucking. Terrible, and it was great. And if the Saints, Saints fans tried so like, hard oh, to lose I that wanted game. to beat everyone. No, you're full of shit. You enjoyed it just as much as us. Uh, so, I mean, is there is there anything in the preseason, uh, Dave, that you that you are looking at and you're like, man, the Saints better get that right, or that's concerning you, I guess. Uh, anything that they really need to fix and cleaned up stat? Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, really and truly, when you when you even look at the last game that they lost, I mean, if if you take Taysom Hill out of the equation and all his mistakes he made and turning the ball over, uh, you know, I mean, other than that, I think the Saints played a pretty good game. They outgained the other team. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I feel I, I feel pretty good about the team. I hate to get my hopes up, but I mean, how good did that <laughs> offensive line look? I mean, just just at all at all positions, they're much deeper than they really usually ever are. I'm you know I'm talking about linebacker and defensive line and uh, secondary. I mean, just on defense, they're they're just a, a pretty solid unit, and and I, yeah, they, and they they it breeds a lot of confidence for me personally. Well, Andrew, Dave brought up a good point about I asked him about what he feels I need to be fixed. But I, one thing we, I forgot to bring up earlier, but we'll talk about it now. Offensive line, not only is it good, not only is it a strength, like this starting offensive line, if they can knock on whatever you got or light a candle or whatever the fuck you do for good luck, if they could stay healthy and they can get Toron Armstead to play 13, 14 games, this offensive line, Andrew, is going to fucking massacre people. Better than 2011 did, and 2011's offensive line destroyed people. Yeah, yeah, 2009 was real good too. Um, but uh, man, I mean, you look at the runs that Jonathan Williams and Mark Ingram had early in the game, and the holes that they had to run through. Uh, the the runs were they weren't having first contact until eight yards down the field. Um, it was it was just sheer dominance. Now you wonder how much of that is preseason. Guys don't want to get hurt, so maybe the effort's a little bit lower against the run. But man, the offensive line looked good those first two series. They looked so good. And I think the Saints are due for some luck when it comes to injuries. Honestly, on, on the offensive ours. line. Maybe they've fixed their medical. Dave's been harping on their medical staff for like five years, but maybe that it just sheer luck says that it should turn around and be better, right? I mean, last year was pretty good. I, I thought we were pretty lucky last year. Are you kidding? No, last year no. the Saints are the the Saints were the only team in the NFL that was in the bottom or had in in the top ten of most injuries and still made the playoffs. It seemed like they. Well, maybe that's why. Maybe that's why I didn't notice it as much because they were able to. Wasn't there make, some make stat like they didn't start the same offensive line for like nine straight weeks or something? Yeah, uh, it was ridiculous. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, that's where Stenio Calamete was. I mean, they were so lucky to have him. Oh my god! Last year. And they might have stumbled into one. They they might have stumbled into his a really good replacement for him for Clack. So. Kudos to the front office staff again. But here's something I want to talk about before we get to Twitter questions. And this, it's a tough, touchy topic, but whatever. Um, the local media, they seem, and certain people seem obsessed with asking Marcus Williams over and over and over again about the play in Minnesota. And the dude answered it after the game, and now he's just like, moving on. He's doing the Belichick. And the local media, they keep asking him. They put him on blast on Twitter. And I'm just like, and I guess either one of you can jump in here. I I just feel like it's so dumb and clickbaity. And part of the reason why the media is dying in in New Orleans, the sports media is not doing well. The papers aren't doing well. The NOLA.com just lost a bunch of guys. Good guys that are that were good at their jobs, like Holder and the guy who covered the, the Pelicans and all that. But I just like what, like I guess Andrew or Dave, when is it? When does Marcus Williams have the right to not talk about the worst moment of his life? Um, 
uh, he's got the right to do it now. You, you know, it's it's his life. He he's answered the questions about it before. Uh, I, you know, it, it's going to keep coming up. If he has a great season, everybody's been saying how great he's been uh, in training camp, how hard he's worked this offseason uh, to come back from this play. Um, I mean, if he has the season that everybody thinks he's or expects him to have, you know, it's going to be a storyline constantly. <laughs> you know, if the Saints go to the playoffs, I mean, obviously when they play Minnesota, it's going to be a storyline. If the Saints go to the playoffs, you know, it's going to be brought up again. You know, he, he's going to have to deal with it. But, I mean, he doesn't have to talk about it. But he's certainly going to have to keep hearing about it for a long time. I just think it's ridiculous. I mean, I, I think media guys can ask whatever they want, you know. And the players can say whatever they want in response. I mean, that that's how it works. And, I mean... You can ask if you want, and he'll say whatever he wants to say. But I just think going on social media and whining about it after the fact because you didn't get and, – and, and this is tough, I think. On some level, I understand where it's coming from. I think these guys are probably sweating their jobs more than ever, and there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of pressure to get that buzzword quote so that they can get more clicks or sell more units – um, and so I, I think the landscape for a, a media guy in New Orleans right now, especially, is as tumultuous as it's ever been. And they've got, they've got to work really hard. So I empathize, emphasize with them a little bit in that I, I have some empathy just for those guys because I know they're in a pressure cooker. But at the same time, like, I just think it's insanely unprofessional to – talk to a guy about something he doesn't want to talk about and then complain on social media and put him on blast because he's not giving you what you want. Um, These reporters are not entitled to a quote from Marcus Williams. He's either going to give it to him or he's not. And if he's not, then they've got to move on and explore other ways to get clicks. That's how journalism works. Yeah, the one thing that I did find that was interesting is um, Nick Underhill has assumed the throne of the king of Saints media because the, if the media media has like a pecking order of like lowest to highest, like all the, they have, the media people were attacking Nick Underhill about how he was dealing with Marcus Williams, which is interesting. Nick Underhill's only been here for a couple of years, but he's so good at his job. He's like assumed assumed the throne as like the number one Saints media guy, which you can disagree with me. You could throw out an argument. You can disagree with me, but. I, I found that fascinating that like other media guys were sniping at him uh, and Nick Underhill. He's the king of Saints media, which is, which is, I find. No, I'm with Nick. I'm with Nick. You know, his response, his response was, I already asked the question. He's like, at some point when you keep asking and the guy's like, no, I'm not talking about that. Like at some point you've got to move on and start looking for different angles because he's made it clear that, and, you know, so then you've got these other guys. You no, know, it's our job to keep asking the question. And, you know, we, we, you know, it's free press and we've got to do what we've got to do. And, and that's fine. But then, you know, at some, if it's just a waste of everyone's time, at some point, like, you've got to, 
try to make a better article out of something else. Well, it's, some it's point, really at some point you. when Marcus Williams, if he becomes a really, really big star, look, he's a safety, so I don't think he'll ever transcend football. But he'll just basically freeze out the local media and just talk to national guys and go on his – and communicate fans through Twitter. And that's the thing that will happen. The one thing that I, I will say – about uh, interviews, and I used to be one of those people. You gotta ask the tough questions. You gotta ask the tough, tough questions, and and I still believe that to a certain extent. But a lot of times, look, if you are interviewing somebody and you know that they get asked a question all the time and they hate getting asked it and they don't answer it, when you ask that question in an interview, basically from that point on in the interview, you've set it afire and it's gonna go shitty. Because you, you basically know that you're going to antagonize them and you're not going to get anything out of them the rest of the time. So I, I think that's the way to go a lot of times with guys where they've repeatedly said they're not going to answer something. Now, if it's like a new thing after a game, you got to ask them. And it's, you know, the first time you got to ask them. But after that, it just becomes monotonous. Um, but it's, 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 an interesting, uh, it's an interesting little uh, media war inside, inside Saints that probably only six people care about, but I, I found it interesting. Is Larry Holder going to the Advocate? No, I think he's going to the Athletic. That's my what theory. Is, what is that? It's, it's, paid, like it's this, a paid it's national a paid, site. Of, uh, yeah. You, you subscribe, and they have, like... They don't necessarily have micro-sites, but they have... Um, like uh, expertise writers. Yeah, they, they have like yeah. they, they hire people in in different cities and they have like the athletic Houston and they have people cover the Rockets and everything. And you subscribe, you pay like eight dollars a month and you get access to everything, the athletic. So you get access to Chicago and New Orleans and New York and all that. And they're trying to make it a go. Um, other sites have tried this and it hadn't really worked. The athletic has a ton of venture capital and big guns behind it so it'll be interesting to see if it actually works but that's what they do have i mean they do have some heavy hitting um reporters you know that are they're paying a lot of money like right grouse i said there's investment behind it so um you know they're able to pay prime dollar and i think a lot of these reporters that are respected reporters that are leaving for the site um are getting paid more than they were getting paid by their newspapers so yeah yeah Newspapers, but I, I haven't heard that. I mean, I don't know if if Holder right now is unemployed and he said stay tuned for what's next. So, you know, maybe he has to wait two weeks um, to Just announce to something. Let everybody but, know. Yeah, but we'll see. Um, but uh, you know, Larry, uh, I don't know. I'll be honest. I always thought Larry uh, was entertaining on the radio, and I I never thought his writing was exceptional. Um, but uh, Larry's a great guy. You know, he's always been good to me and he's always, uh, I thought had entertaining takes on the saints. So I certainly hope that he'll continue to do it, uh, because, uh, we certainly don't need less guys that are good at what they do in new Orleans. No, <laughs> less coverage in new Orleans is not great. Uh, yeah. they are, uh, it's, it's, it's getting to where it's like skin and bones almost with the saints, which is kind of crazy. Um, the last thing I wanted to, to talk about before we get out of here is, uh, and I emailed you guys this picture. It might be the greatest picture I've ever seen in my life. It's an old picture of Edwin Edwards, the old 
the former governor of Louisiana. It's from 1979, and he is in a skin-tight I hate the Falcons t-shirt at a Saints game. And apparently it was a scandal at ni- in 1979 because it was like, how could a governor do this? And it was, you know, uncouth or whatever. But Andrew, <laughs> I'm ready to forgive any bad thing Edwin Edwards ever done, ever did. Wow, he wore that wow. T-shirt. We've jumped that shark, huh? Yeah. I support it. Do you disagree it. with me, Andrew? No, absolutely not. It's ama- it's it's I mean I don't I don't care how much money you embezzle I don't care I mean there there are certain things in life that are just non-negotiables and putting up with the Falcons is at the top or you know not putting up with the Falcons to, We might need to go meta Dave and like one of the t-shirt options for people that pledge can be a t-shirt with the picture of Edwin Edwards wearing the t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> I can actually, can I can meta. actually make that happen. I don't know. Well, I think, I think we'd get busted for like copyright infringement using uh, somebody else's photo. But that would be a great T-shirt. I can, t-shirt. I can at we'll least, I can, make. I can at least make you one as a gift. <laughs> I think you'd wear it every day. Okay. I think I would. What size do you wear? <sighs> I need, I, I need a full. Can you make me a full body onesie? That I could go to sleep in. <laughs> so before we get out of here, make sure uh, you make his bad arm sleeve a lot smaller than the. Yeah, uh, what, what what size do you wear? I don't know, like a medium. Okay. I'm not a big man. A, a schmedium. A schmedium. So I mean, the Saints are playing uh, the Chargers this week. Uh, National TV, right? National TV. They're practicing against them this week. Uh, what are we looking? What do you? What are you? What are you excited about? Uh, what do you want to, Dave? What do you want to hear tweet wise as people live tweet the practices? What tweets do you want to see uh, that'll make you even more excited about the 2018 Saints? I mean, obviously, I don't want to see any tweets about somebody getting injured, uh, and that'll go for both sides. Um. <clears throat> but if it has to be one or the other, <laughs> <laughs> it might as it I mean, might, I'm might as well be the Chargers. The, yeah, uh, Chargers no, I'm have a lot Falcons. of injuries, man. They 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 have like a plague infested upon them. Uh, no, you know what I want to see because and and I'm we're going to see it. It's almost guaranteed. Uh, I want to see uh, a fight breaks out. Oh no, I, Sean Payton is really anti-fighting. Yeah, they still happen. I want to see a fight. You say fight that, and yet my, my first image of Sean Payton was of him poking Jamal Brown in the chest, just begging to get punched. <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot about that. So good. Um, Andrew, I want to see Marcus Davenport looking pretty good, and I just need tweets of him looking okay in practice. Not great, just that he's out yeah, there just and he's okay. that's, like, that's I don't even need him looking good. Yeah, just like a play. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, you know, honestly, for me, I think it's. I just want confirmation that the offensive line is badass. You know, and and I've convinced myself that that's going to be the saving grace for the Saints this year. Is that the offensive line is just going to be dump trucking people, and this defensive line. I mean, you've got. Um, Bosa you know, and you got Ingram. You've got, you got Bosa and Ingram on the edges, and then you know their interior. They got Mabane and they've got uh, Corey. Uh, 
I don't even know how you pronounce this, Lyugit or whatever. Um, but um, he's he's really good. Um, so their front four is uh, as good of a front four as the Saints might face this year. Um, and you're going to get at least a half um, of the ones, I would think. Um, you know, in this press conference, Sean Payton said, this is, you know, eventually we have to see what we're made of and what kind of team we have. And so I think he's really going to play the starters a good bit and he's going to expect a clean and solid performance. Um, but this is a tough opponent. Um, and I believe right now the Saints' biggest strength is their offensive line. And they're going right up against what I think is the Chargers' strongest part of their team, their defensive line. So if the Saints can come through both practice and this game, the first half of this game, with flying colors on that end of this, uh, you know, in that facet of the game, then that has me convinced that they're untouchable if they stay healthy <laughs> in the offensive line. I like it. Dave, who – make me a prediction – Give me a bubble player that's going to either make the roster because of what they do this week, or it's going to get them cut. Hmm. A bubble player that's either going to make the roster or it's going to get them cut. Um. I guess I'll go with. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the. Oh no, Jim Barrett's is Barrett gonna play? Do you think he's gonna get any playing time? I think it'll be tougher for him to get in because Breeze is starting. Breeze is playing more. Yeah. Yeah. Breeze will probably get. You guys think he'll get a quarter or half? Uh, just a quarter. I don't think he'll get a half. If the, yeah. It'll depend. I mean, if, like, if, if they Saints put up ten points, for two if they put up ten points, touchdown two series, field goal, done. I could see yeah. Sean Payton being like, "Eh, that's enough," and it's like a quarter. You yeah, know? yeah, I'm with you. Um, um, I'm trying to think of somebody. If they go three and out, he's definitely playing in the second quarter, though. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, they'll have more than one drive in the first quarter, hopefully. Uh, shit, I haven't still haven't answered the question. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with here we go. I'm gonna go with Brandon Tate. He's gonna have a kick return and he's gonna make the team. He's gonna lock himself Ooh, in. He's gonna lock it down. He's yeah. that's a good that's a. They, I think they, right they, now they, he's in. He's on the inside looking out right now. That kick yeah, return. But, but I think. Yeah, but but he's I think gonna, he's like, gonna lock it in with the, with the he's return. He's gonna lock it. He could down. he could lock like it. another 35 plus yard return and he lock he locks it in so well that he could even make a bad play and still have it I think yeah I think at this point really he doesn't even need a good return he just needs to not fumble he's got to par his way in yeah that's a good a good analogy (laughs) so that's so that wraps it up for today Uh, you got luxurious audio hopefully so go to our page you can donate a dollar and get access to all uh, the shows you can donate more amounts and get magnets and t-shirts and maybe host a drunk history so do it Uh, all it is a fucking dollar a month so do it now so for Dave for Andrew uh, until next week the bar is closed it's a fucking dollar